0: Welcome to the Big Heart Business Show. My name is Carrie Shepard, business strategist, philanthropist, and believer. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs be more, do more, and give more beyond their business and to do it with more heart and less hustle. Each week on the show, I'll be here with a message or interview from a powerhouse entrepreneur that has built their business by giving back. Together, we will inspire you fuel you, and get you going with simple action steps and strategies to grow your purpose-driven business. Our philosophy here is that we can change the world one big heart business at a time. Let's get started. This is episode number four of the Big Heart Business Show. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Kim McCarter. Kim McCarter is a profit and implementation strategist to ambitious female preneurs who are ready to create a signature system that allows them to attract targeted leads, increase their profit, and give them more time for family, friends, and their community. With over 17 years of experience working in corporate leadership as a global project leader and HR professional, she centers her teaching and coaching style on helping women activate their target effects and strategically build their business for longevity and profitability. Despite making a six-figure salary as an employee, Kim found her true passion in empowering women and creating personal brands that attract, engage, and profit. It is always her desire to deliver a message that consistently reminds women that they can become high-profit earners and live a life by design. Her Shiro Power is designed to get you into the trenches of a business and empower high achievers through the process of building a signature system that allows, that allows and supports them in the front and the back end of their business and making sure they create the edge they need to create an impact on the world by doing what they love. That is so awesome, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Carrie, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, you pack a lot into your work, and so I'm super excited to (laughs) dig in with you. But I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about the behind the scenes of your journey to getting to where you are right now.
1: All right. So I actually started this journey back in 2009. I attended a fashion event and decided I wanted to be a part of that industry. So I started a blog and the blog grew very quickly at a time when social media was brand new. And as brands like big businesses started to join social media, they wanted to have a strategy that could help them also attract their customers. So I kind of went from blogger to consultant, realizing that was a bigger paycheck. Love being like, you know, in front of an audience and speaking because I was going into their corporate offices and like, you know, just having like marketing sessions. And it was just so much fun that I was like, you know what, this is what I, I want to do. And it was honestly a side hustle for very long. I didn't even decide to leave corporate America until like late 2014. And then I started that process.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I know a little bit of your story behind the scenes of how you really did that side hustle. Um, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. How are you growing your business? And I know, again, you were building almost a six-figure business while having a six figure um, job. So can you talk a little bit about what that looked like? Because I'm sure Uh, Our audience, there's some people out there doing that side hustle right now.
1: Yes. You know, a lot of people told me that I encountered that that wasn't possible. It wasn't something I could do. And I always tell people I'm the baby of the family. So I don't like for anyone to tell me what I cannot do. I prefer for you to tell me how I can achieve my goal. Mm. So my whole thing was if I was going to leave a corporate job, especially one that I love, I don't have the story of like, you know, poverty to riches. I don't have the story of I hate my job. I want to do something new. I was actually in a career that I really enjoyed and loved. So I didn't want to just give it up. And I also didn't want to give up the salary either. So what I decided to do was figure out a plan Out of all this information that the coaches, experts, and gurus were giving me, how could I make this work for my business? Everything was so cookie-cutter. So what I decided to do was look at the strategies as a whole and go, okay, I work 40, 50 hours a week. I was a a corporate leader. So – How can I make this work? Well, I knew I had weekends. So what I did was I set my business up where, because I was still so heavily involved in public speaking, I was speaking once or twice a month. But then on the alternating weekends, I was hosting VIP sessions. So rather than have, like, you know, the long 30-, 60-, 90-day contracts, I was that person who you could come to do an intensive and get everything you needed. And then I would offer you some email support following up. And I know we talked about this a little bit when we met. Um, My VIP schedule was intense. Like between myself and my assistant, we had it down to a science where people were rotating in on like a two to three week process. And I was hosting anywhere between two to four intensives two weekends a month at $3,000 a pop. So by 2015, I was able to not only have that six-figure career, but have a six-figure business. And for me, the six-figure business wasn't just the goal The goal was also that if I was going to leave corporate, my student loans had to be paid off. So I made that my why. Like, I have to pay off these student loans, which was also the kick in the rear that I needed to really make that side hustle grow. And by September 2015, I had paid off over $72,000 in student loans. Loan debt. And when I left corporate, I had actually banked, not made, but banked $123,000 in my business. So that was honestly like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely do this. It was a lot of work. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't hard because I was enjoying it so much. Mm, virtual high five. Sister.
0: That is <laughs> such an
1: amazing story. So many
0: different pieces of that. And I feel like, you know, the questions. If I was just listening and just meeting you for the first time would be like, how did you find and attract those clients? And I know that's something that you help your, your clients now with and your students. You know, somebody thinks about, well, you're working 40, 50 hours. That's great. You have the weekend to do the VIP intensive. But where were you attracting these clients and what did that process look like for you?
1: So it was a couple of different ways. One, I was, I like I said, I did public speaking. I think one of the things that, um, and I tell my village this all the time, everyone is not meant to be a coach. You have to really find your lane in what you want to do in this expert industry, right? So for me, that was public speaking. You can put me in a crowd of 20 or 2,000. I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to be Kim McCarty, and I'm going to have a great time doing it. So one of the things I used to do with public speaking is, and I created a funnel. I didn't even know I was creating a funnel, Carrie. All I I knew, (laughs) all I knew, is I wanted to have a web a website, right? Didn't have time to build the website, so I had like a splash page with my logo, and it said. want to know where I'm speaking at next, drop your email in below and receive a free gift, right? I didn't, I thought that was just like, you know, I needed people address. And what I would honestly do is I would send them like the replay of my last talk or, and I would also use that to say, hey, this is where I'm going to be at next. And over time, I was just adding people to my list. And what ended up happening is in the process of probably like, you know, 2012 is when, Before we had webinars, we had teleclasses, right? So everyone was doing these teleclasses. So then I started doing these weekly motivational teleclasses on how you can get out there and own a positive personal brand. And I would just have women, in order to get access to the teleclass, what did you have to do? You sign up for the list so you know what day I'm going to show up, you know what the numbers are dialing. And little did I know, I was creating my very own sales funnel. And when I got ready to start offering these People started asking me, how can I work with you? How can I work with you? And I created a product that went along with my public speaking that I can kind of sell at the back of the room. So I started offering that, like, hey, I don't do consulting, but you can purchase this product. (laughs) And then Uh when I decided to start offering the Intensives, by that time, I had already had a list of 2,000 supporters. So I had built that up like over a year just by giving value and showing up. And I know that we talk about show up and visibility a lot, but I think there's a difference, too, between visibility and leadership. So for me, it was important to not just be like visible and be in everyone's face every day, but Mm -hmm. making sure I showed up as a leader who was giving them action steps every time they encountered me that could make a difference in their lives.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a really good distinction of, of giving value and the leadership and, and combining that with visibility. But what I love so much about that too is because if you just heard the first part of your story, you might be like, she's an overnight success. She just had it so easy. She was, you know, but <laughs> the matter <story> <laughs> behind it, I think it's so important that you did the work. You went out there. Yes. It sounds like for a year and you spoke and you talked and you got, you know, credible and you got comfortable with your message. And then when you were ready to offer what really became your signature kind of offer at that time, it sold
1: like hotcakes. Yeah. And then, too, I think what. One of the things I tell people, that's why I always, when everyone asks me, how do I do it? I go back to that 2009 because none of us are overnight successes. I, like you said, I worked my tush off to get where I am, right? Yeah. But also I had a good support system because like I said, I was in corporate and what was happening was as social media was becoming active and I, and don't get me wrong, I am the person who has like the Google drive full of dozens of programs and coaching that I've taken and invested in because I've spent my good share of money as well and I um started creating like you know the LinkedIn profile and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so what ended up happening was the president of my employer the president our president saw it and he was like what are you doing you get a lot of people talking about you and I explained it to him and he was like you know what I want you to do that for us oh wow And it it resulted in a promotion. And so then I had like two leverage lanes because now I still do public speaking. I love public speaking. But not only do I, I speak to entrepreneurs, I also have my foot in the door of corporate speaking as well because I was able to do what I was doing for entrepreneurs and create it in the company that I was working for from a sales perspective and it was just like it was so much fun but like you said it wasn't overnight if you look at the entire journey it's 2017 we're talking eight years yeah like you just the last three four years have been that that action that I really needed to go from okay I'm making a couple of hundred bucks here to saying like you know oh I have that multi six-figure business yeah
0: That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I think so often we hear people making six figures and it's like they made it overnight or they made it in six six minutes or six months is what I say. And, And the story behind it is so important. So talk to us a little bit about your signature target effects. I would love for you to kind of talk to our audience about what that is and why it's important.
1: Why, okay, so I love this message. You're gonna, I know you're, you're going to get going now. I know, I know. I'm going to turn you on. <laughs> so the Target effect is based on one of my favorite companies in the world, Target. Ah, right. Get get out. Get out. Out. I am a huge Target, a.k.a. Target fan, and Earlier last year, like midsummer or whatever, I was just sharing, I share a lot of behind the scenes of my business because like you and like you mentioned earlier, um, I don't want people to think like it's easy or that it's hard. It's it's fun, right? But I definitely do the work. I'm not saying I'm out here working 40, 50 hours a week because I could have stayed in corporate, but I definitely have a team in place, but I also have just daily activities that I do. So I share a lot of behind the scenes of my business on Snapchat. And because of that, I let people into like who I am as a person because I, sometimes we have a facade, right? And I'm like, you know, listen, I'm not always in makeup, <laughs> I'm not always like, you know, dressed, right? But with that, I was sharing how I was going just doing some errands one day because I do do my own errands. I'm not that person. And <laughs> I was going into Target and I was like, y'all pray for me, like, because Carrie, have you? You've been to Target, you know, you go in for the one thing and you spend 200 bucks, and Never. that. Was, and I that, usually, usually forget the one thing, too. And that was that day. I, I went <laughs> in for a 12-pack of Scott tissue, traveled the entire store, spent like $198, <laughs> got, got the fresh popcorn because popcorn was popping by the time I was checking out, even grabbed the Starbucks because my Target has the Starbucks in it, get in the car, out the parking lot and realize I forgot the tissue. So I was literally on Snapchat like, I can't believe this. I told y'all to pray for me. And then I stopped and I was like, you know what? Imagine if our businesses had that effect on people. Imagine if you brought your business, like you set your business up where you never just want a client and then they're done with you. You need to set your business up for longevity. And the only way to do that is to have products that take people through stages. And I am someone, I want to turn everything into like a lesson, right? I want to turn everything into a lesson because that's where visibility over leadership comes in at. So I kind of jumped on Facebook live and I was telling the story and I was like, this is why, you know, you need to have a funnel in place because everyone isn't going to be a high end customer from start. And sometimes with everyone doing the Facebook group call, crawl, with everyone doing the give me your email address for this free thing. And now I'm going to sell you the six, seven, eight, $10,000 thing. It's becoming a lot harder for people to really make money in their business. So sometimes you have to move people through a value ladder. And I think this for me, the target effect is that ladder. It's about making sure you know who your customer is because if nothing else, target knows who their customer is. I like Walmart, don't get me wrong, but I will definitely choose target any, of, any day of the week. It's something about the red top, the tan pants, the red <laughs> shopping cart. Like even the employees are different when you look oh, at target versus yeah. Walmart. The staff mm-hmm. is different, the store is different, the layout is different. It speaks to that customer, right? And I was like, you have to know who that customer is. Like, you have to know who your customer is. You have to know who your village of supporters is. You have to be willing to create a message that your village wants to tell the world about. And regardless of what Target is doing, whether they're partnering with a designer, whether they're creating a new initiative to give back to the community, um, whether they're doing the small business thing, like, they rely on their village to tell the world about it. You don't really see too many Target commercials unless they're launching something new. They're not the brand that shows up in your email ten times a day because they rely on us to do that for them. And there there is no one that I personally know that goes into Target for one thing and comes out with one thing. Unless you go, you know what? The Scott tissue is nine ninety nine with tax is gonna be about twelve bucks. I'm only taking thirteen dollars, I'm leaving my purse in the car. Right? You have to really have that mindset. And I'm like, imagine if we did that in our business. And that's how the target effect was born. Um, and my village just related to it so well, it kind of just took off on a mind of its own. It was one of those things where I was just sharing behind the scenes of my business. Everyone loved the analogy, because if nothing else, I can give a good story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Story, story is what it's all about.
1: And it literally was birthed through my village. Cause they were like, Oh my gosh, I can relate to that so well. And it took off to the point so much that I now deliver a signature speech behind activating the target, activating your target effect. And if any of those memes or videos go viral and everyone's talking about like, you know, how the bloggers do the whole target thing. Oh, wow. I literally have people from around the world tagging me and they're like, Oh my gosh, Kim McCarter talks about hashtag target effect. It's just so awesome that it, It's one of those things that sometimes we plan so much, but the best things for our businesses happen happen at, like, you know, happenstance, as my grandmom would say. Like, you know, some things just happen for you, and you just have to be willing to kind of, you know what the goal is, but reroute yourself. Because the target effect wasn't a part of my goal, but it fit so well with my mission and message that I was able to reroute myself and bring it in and allow it to do what it does.
0: Mm -hmm. That is, Wow. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, it's such an amazing analogy and, you know, to really think about how can we create that same atmosphere and, and yeah. vibe, but then also to think about how can we, you know, so, you know, like you said, we sometimes push so hard. We're sitting at our desk for hours trying to come up with the new best thing. And it's like, go live your life and share that and be transparent and look. And I think it's also important because you are looking for the message. You're like, I, I'm the same way. Like I'm always looking for, you know, what can I learn from this experience? How can I share this with my people? How can I make this a, you know, something that would help us move forward to learn from what to do or what not to do? Because, I mean, exactly. that's, that's the whole point, right? Uh, that's awesome. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, we kind of mentioned your, your previous signature offer was VIP intensive. You now have obviously transformed your business, and you're teaching your village um, now about signature offers. Why is that so important, and how can somebody go about creating their signature offer?
1: I think that's important because expertise Comes at various levels. I tell my village all the time, um, and not even my village. People who I who I meet. Sometimes we rely. We say, okay, if I want to be a, a, if I want to like get my get my baking business, like you know, visibility. I need to hire a successful baker, right? And that's not always the case because sometimes you need to really look outside of your industry to pull in the best techniques of what's going on. Outside of your industry and apply it within. I always tell people it's like a cookie cutter. You have to take that strategy and take that cookie cutter and apply it to your business in a way that makes sense. Maybe you're a macadamia nut. Maybe you're a chocolate chip. Like, you know, maybe you're a sugar cookie. It's up to you to make sure how you want to mold your business. A signature offer, I think, just makes everything so much easier, especially in the service-based industry. Because once you know what your signature system, your signature offer is going to be on that high level, you can then pull everything else out in order for it to make sense and create that value ladder that's important to the target effect. So for me... Um, even now that you know I talk more profit and implementation versus personal branding, the personal branding is still important, but it's now about okay, now that we have this high level offer, and at even two, three years ago, my signature program was romance your hustle. Um, but even now I still talk about the romancing of the hustle. I just talk about it differently. Um and making sure that regardless of everything that you create, if you know what your high-end offer is, you can easily then value down to create that mid-level offer and any digital product that you are going to create and even your freebie so a lot of times when people say okay create your lead magnet create your digital product create your signature program i reverse it because if you create the big thing we can pull it apart and create 10 different little things that can lead people up the ladder to it because people start at the little and they graduate to the bigger to the bigger prize and that's yeah. why I think it's important. And a lot of times I think we just, we kind of just look at the system so backwards, <laughs> right? And we just overthink everything. That's why I'm like, if you have your signature program, mm-hmm. you know what your lead magnet is. Um, one, another thing that I say to people, like when you're going to create that signature program, like one, don't create your signature program because of what you want to offer you need to create it based on what your village needs right mm-hmm. so the easiest way to do that is to survey them survey people and i don't mean just popping surveys into random facebook groups and saying hey take the survey because you don't want to survey people that aren't really a part of your target audience because then you have a misconception of what they really want once you decide once you survey them look and see what those top 5 to 10 answers are Take those five to ten answers, and that thing that's the quickest and easiest, that's your lead magnet. That thing that can be like, oh, that I can get this to them, and they can figure it out on their own if I give them the steps into two to four weeks, that's your digital product. And the other five, six, seven things, that's your signature program. Because it graduates them into the level. It's it's I know for me I say it like I'm like it's so easy, right? But <laughs> right. and for everyone it's not because like, you know, I think we just overthink the process. And I think also too that for me it comes from being in corporate leadership. I always tease and say, My office had windows, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I wanna give people a perception of really what was going on. But because of that, my job was always to make sure if we had a profit goal of five hundred million dollars I needed to know what every department was doing in order to hit that $500 million, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I actually created a system that married our marketing and customer service department because customer service is the first line of defense with the consumer, regardless of who your customer is. Marketing's job was to promote the product. But if customer service has no idea what marketing is doing, it's a dead horse, yeah so by yeah so by marrying the process, and I literally brought that right to the entre- right to the entrepreneurial pool, like okay, this is how we did it, this is how this is what I created in corporate now mm-hmm. you need to mimic this and take the cookie cutter, and I can help you apply it to your business,
0: wow, wow, yeah you wow, you definitely dropped some bombs there I mean. <laughs> I, I, you know, you're so right about the reverse, uh, you know, I call it the reverse engineering, you know, start yeah. with the the end in mind and work backwards, but also marrying that with really talking to your community. What do they want? What do they need? And then being able to really, you know, wrap your offers around that and leading them. I love the value ladder. It's so smart um to really think about those stair steps to, because not everyone's going to end up in the signature offer yeah. and, so we've gotta we've gotta meet people where they're
1: at. So we have to meet them where they are, and we can't we can't give up our goals because and this like I said, this goes back to the the entire expert community and how people kind of go, okay, she has a free webinar, she has a free checklist, she has a free guide, right? And what they're doing, they're trying to take all of these these free things and marry it with Google and YouTube and they're trying to DIY their business, right? At some point we have to give up that strategy. Not saying it doesn't work, because some of us have fought through that in order to make it work. But even I got at a standstill when I was like, okay, now I have all this stuff. What do I do with it, (laughs) right? Right. And so what ended up happening was I was like, I had to figure out how to align it. So that way it just made better sense for me and for my business. And it just kind of, like I said, sometimes we get so focused on that high-end customer. I always say, like, you know, I I try to avoid the trend. In marketing. Mm-hmm. So, right now, in the expert industry, like, you know, everyone is, and it could also be where I am in business, because right now, everyone is talking about the seven figure entrepreneur to me. Like, that's what I hear all the ads, right? Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of funnel ads, but I know that's because I'm in the funnel community. So, people are just targeting, right? right. But last year, it was the six figure. The year before that, it was know your ideal client, your ideal client avatar, your target audience, like, all that stuff. Or it was like your first five figures. And when people get so focused on the numbers, they think, oh, in order for me to hit that $10,000, is it easier to sell $3,000 to three people, or do I need to sell a whole bunch of little things in order to make it happen? Of course, we're always going to say if we can get those three people at $3,000, but that's not always as easy as some people make it seem. So my whole strategy was, okay, how about if I sold three $3,000 plus I got 50 people to buy at $47, because if I can get 50 people to buy at $47, guess what? I still made four, three, dollars $4,000, right? Right. Like, <laughs> and money of <then>, money. <laughs> yeah. And then those people still can graduate on to become that $197, that $197 product, that $497 product, or that $997 product. Right now, I have about five to six people coming in every month on a $997 self-study that I don't even I don't even talk to them they just buy it just because I have the value ladder set set up so that way it works for them yeah. and I think we just kind of like I said we overthink it because we get so hooked on the the five figure to six figure is mm-hmm. well she said I have to be completely high-end I'm not saying that you can't be completely high-end some people are Tesla and some people sell Hondas you can't sell a if I come in the shop for a Honda you can't sell me a Tesla But if I come in and shop for a Tesla, you may be able to sell me like, you know, a tricked out Honda. And then I say, some people are the auto group. Like, you know, they sell a little bit of everything. Uh My business model is the auto group.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think you bring up a really great point, Kim. And what you're kind of talking about, too, is being able to serve more people. Because when you think about a high-end, solely high-end business model, you're only serving three people a month, which where what you're offering is you're serving hundreds of people a month. Yes. And so that kind of brings us into, you know, here at the big, the big heart business, we, you know, it's it's about giving back. It's about making that impact and really putting a face to what impact, you know, looks like. And so I'd like for you to talk a little bit about what does your give back plan look like in your business and share that a little bit, you know, share your, your causes and charities with us a bit.
1: Sure. So. I have we we I know we chatted about this just to bring everyone up to speed. I I am really big on the community side. That's why it leads in the first paragraph of my bio, right? Um, because when we think about the things we love, it's always gonna be family, friends and community. Especially as women. As women we serve we have so many roles. Wife, mom, sister, best friend, cousin. I'm like the favorite auntie. Like you know, we have so many things going on. Favorite siblings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, hello, baby sister. <laughs> It's always important to make sure that that we give back. Um, One of my um, favorite quotes that my mentor shared with me is by Kevin Go, and it's, if you do good, you should live well, and if you live well, you should do good. Um, I think that also relates to me as well. It's just because, like, you know, I am a a Christian, so I'm like, hey, what's that tie going to be to it? So on a big mission like for the Kim McCarter and, and the corporate Curves brand i actually want to start a um uh like like a after school slash summer camp for teenage girls who want to go into entrepreneurship at, and starting them at like, you know, that 12, 13 age and taking them through high school. um, That's a couple of years out because we have to do all the formation. Right now, immediately, I have two charities that are very close to me. Uh, one is still forming. It's called the Darius Cooks Foundation. And that's going to be started by that's being founded by a friend where we're going to bring kids from the inner city into a two to four week summer camp. He's going to teach them all about, like, you know, healthy eating habits and and how, like, you know, just, you know, culinary skills in the kitchen. And we're also going to talk to them about business. Like, some of those things that's important for life that you don't necessarily learn in school anymore. Like, you know, not to – give away my age but i'm 39 so when i came in through school when i came through school like we still had like you know home economics and wood shop and stuff like that Mm -hmm. we knew how to do a resume we knew about income taxes they don't teach that in school no more everything is straight academia so we still want to make sure that we give that back to youth and then the second charity um growing up in the inner city um one of the things that it hits close to home whether it's through family or friends, is gun violence. So we, um, I also give to New Yorkers Against Gun Violence. But it's not just necessarily gun violence. Like um, It's all gun violence, let me put it that way. That affects the New York City as a whole. I live in New Jersey, but my family lives there. So mm-hmm. that's also another charity that I give to. Um, and in fact, for 2017, 20% of all of my, um, not 20% of my profit, but 20% of the revenue is going um, back, that is going to be split between those two charities. That is incredible.
0: Well, and I love the fact that you are not only giving financially, which is obviously can make such a large impact, but you're also giving your time. And I love how that's connected to the charity you want to create in the future, that you're already starting to kind of do that right now.
1: Yes, I think that's really important, too, because I always say some of us are going to be check writers and some of us are going to be the doers, right? For me, it's important to find out where I'm going to fit at in between the two so sometimes like you know i'm just a check writer i'm the person that's like how much do you need i'll write a check for you right but some of the things, especially when it comes to youth, I'm so big on supporting our, our, our youth, um, that I want to make sure that I'm in the trenches with them. Like, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. what do you need help with? What do you want to figure out? Like, because there was people who were there that did that for me in the community. So mm-hmm. I think that's always important. And I feel like, too, a lot of times in our communities, in our metropolitan areas, especially, um, that we don't always have, um, high achievers. That are not, that are non-celebrities that we can go, oh, that's who I want to aspire to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love one of the things that we talked about when we met too. And, and it's very evident with even what you're sharing right now is that you have a personal relationship with both of the charities and causes that you stand behind. How important do you feel like that is for somebody when they're thinking about, you know, what charity or what cause do I want to really get behind?
1: Um, for me, that was very important because And it's not just about the financial portion of it too, but I am someone that I don't want to give blindly. Like, you know, I want to make sure that it's going to go to a space where the support is really needed. So in 2016, when I did a call for my 2017 charities, um, so supporting my friend and his new charity, that was a no brainer. That's one of like one of my good, good friends. Like, you know, when he said he wanted to do that, like if it tugs on his heart, it tugs on mine. The second charity, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, I actually did a call on Facebook and I said, hey, tell me some of your favorite charities and how we could, how I can support them. And when I did that, like, you know, of course, you know, I got like tons and tons of messages. I got all kinds okay. of emails. And one young lady was like, you know, she was like, Kim, if you could really look into New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, it would mean the world to me. And she literally, her pitch was just like everything to me because not only did she was, she putting me in front of a charity that's doing really well in New York. Like, um, it's already established, like it's already getting a ton of donations, but it's already doing good in the community and on a national level. Mm. She also works for the organization. So unlike so many people who were just trying to tell me, oh, give me your money. She worked for the organization. Uh And it was just, I was like, you know what, this is it. It was just something about the story and for the pitch and I really, it was really important to me to make sure like, cause don't get me wrong, like, you know, I have other, other causes that are important to me like Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease, autism, human trafficking, and I give to those as well, but not on the scale that I planned. To contribute, yeah. not only, like you said, check writing and time to mm-hmm. these organizations, like even if I can't attend something for New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, um, they do like, you know, their charity ball every year. It's like $500 a plate or whatever. I can't go, but I can buy four tickets and you can give them to like your volunteers or something throughout the year because I think um, sometimes you just have to recognize people for what they're doing um, in the communities as well.
0: Oh, that's such great advice because that's what I hear so often is people want to give, but they don't know where. And I love that suggestion of really reaching out to your community and finding out about what they care about because typically you're attracting people that are like you. And if they, like you said, with your friend, he has a heart for that. And not that you're going to have a heart for every single thing, you know, your community does, but it's a great way to kind of get some education and, and some awareness of what's out there. So that's a great, great tip.
1: And also, too, I think it kind of relates like when I when I talk about the visibility over leadership, when you're when you take a stance from leadership, you know that you don't only need to stand in front of your village. You need to stand within them. So Mm -hmm. being able to pick like, you know, the charities like right from within the village and let them go, Okay, wait, wait a minute. When I feed into her, and I tell my village all the time, like, you guys, you know, I pour into you so often, but you don't even realize how often you pour into me as well because of you is why I keep going. So Mm -hmm. I think for me it was like when I was able to pick that organization out right from off of that Facebook page, and I was like, okay, I found it. That's it. Like, you know, and it, it, I think, like you said, it made a difference for the village as well because for the community because they were like, okay, well, wait a minute. Now I see like, you know, I see the do good part of it. And that's what I want them to always understand. Like, it's not just, we all want to make money, right? right? If we were, we were in business to make money, yeah. even, even not for profits and profits are still required to generate revenue in order yep. to keep going. Yep. But we still have to make sure that like, you know, the, we have, that's why when you said, Hey, I'm doing this new podcast, I was like, that's so perfect because I think that portion of it is often overlooked.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And, and I think it's hearing stories and seeing, you know, tangibly how people are giving back and how they're making a difference that, that is so important. And I love that you combine again, I love that you combine the time and the money. You know, it's not just writing a check and it's not just giving and both are super important. And then again, ideally finding that charity or cause that you can stand behind. Yes. So. One of the one of the questions I love to ask is kind of when you think about every all the work that you're doing within your business, within your giving back, within your family and your community. What is that big change that you want to make in the world today?
1: Oh wow! Uh, you know, I think for me, um, I tell a story often. Like when I show up and I'd be like, listen. I'm just a girl from the block, <laughs> right? And what that means is like, you know, I grew up in the inner city, like, you know what I mean? I didn't grow up like, you know, as some people may say, like, you know, the silver spoon in my mouth or even like, you know, middle class, like, you know, my family really worked hard for everything that we had to do. I was the person who paid my way through college and the whole nine. Um, the biggest change was being able to, to understand not only some of the things that how I had, what I had to do in corporate to climb that corporate ladder, but also be able to shift it into entrepreneurship. And for me, I honestly, and I said, and I share this all the time. If it wasn't for my experience in corporate ladder, like you know, tapping on the glass ceilings, I told you this before. Tapping on the glass ceilings, showing I was in a field where I was not the norm. Like I was, it was very few women and very few people of color. Um, so there were times when I walked into the conference room and I was the only woman, the only African American, and I was sitting amongst, like you know, and given direction to people who were VPs, like, you know, and they were looking at me going, that makes sense, let's do what she says. And with that, though, came the push to say, hear me, understand what I'm saying, and yes, I do know what I'm talking about. And that's just something that we face as women all the time in a male-dominated industry. I was actually able to bring that into entrepreneurship. And because of that, even now, like going into certain industries, um, women are not the norm. We saw that when we were in Dallas, like, you know, we weren't, we were like the, we were what, 20% of the audience, like, you yeah. know, yeah, and, a, that but that, I, I thrive in those environments because it's like, you know what, I'm not the norm, but guess what, after you encounter me, you will know the Kim McCarter name, and I think that's all about that personal branding, like, you know, that, that started that charge for me back in 2009, and just remembering that branding needs to be strategic and not just visual. So many people rely on being online pretty that they don't understand that even if you're pretty, you still need to have brains. So let's always make sure that we have both. We keep a positive mindset. We do we do, do the give back because we have to show up from a place of gratitude and appreciation in everything that we do in order to truly make the shift to the success that we want and also understand that what's success for Kim may not be success for Carrie. Wow. Perry. like you know what I mean so how do you define that and also make sure that last but not least when you decide what that goal is going to be leave that wiggle room to reroute yourself because you never know when life is going to throw you a curveball and rather than get up I mean give up you have to kind of make sure okay wait a minute I need to shift and then still hit the mark
0: mm-hmm. oh wow wouldn't the world be such a Different and better place if we could all really encompass everything that you just said. <laughs> Some real gold nuggets in there. Yeah. So, well, let's uh, move into the lightning round. So I have a couple of quick questions for you here. So okay. number one, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Um, I've said it a couple of times. Um, if you do good, you should live well. And if you live well, you should do good. Honestly, that has been the foundation. Anytime I create a new program, anytime I deliver a a welcome address, a keynote, show up for a podcast interview, or just show up in conversation, my, my first thought is, what do I want to leave this space with? What do I want them to remember? What are those top three things? And as long as I always hit that mark and I achieve that, I know that I leave a lasting impression.
0: Boom. Love it. Now, this one might be challenging for you because I feel like your advice is also a quote, but what is your favorite quote, mantra, or Bible verse that you live by?
1: Um, my favorite Bible verse, I won't do the quote, I'll do the Bible verse, um, is Proverbs 31. Um, Proverbs 31.17 talks about the spirit of woman and the hustle. Right? How even when she laid down to sleep, she still provided a way for the family. Like, you know, she still provided a way for her family and and it was about the how the the um her spirit of hustle kind of continued on. Um and when I came across that verse, i like we hear people talk about Proverbs thirty one all the time. And I always tell people there are just some books that I read kinda like every year. Um and of course we read hopefully we're reading for those of us who do read the bible daily but right. um i actually came across proverbs 31 in 2015 and 3117 in 2015 and for some reason probably because of where i was in my journey it hit home in a way that literally shook me to my core and brought tears to my eyes. And I was just like, wow. Mm. I never looked at it from that perspective. We always thrive to be like pious and a leading lady, but it talks about the spirit of the female entrepreneur right here in the word. And I missed it until it was my time to hear it and receive it.
0: Exactly. So it would
1: definitely be Proverbs 31, 17.
0: That's amazing. I love that so much.
1: Um, and so talking about books, what is one book that
0: you would recommend to our audience and why?
1: Um, I have a ton, (laughs) but I think I'm going to go with What Great Brands Do by Denise Lee Young. Um, It's the seven brand building principles that separate the best from the rest. And it was in that book that I learned that some when great brands like Nike, Apple, like, you know what I mean? They led the charge by saying, I don't just want to be follow the trend. I want to be an innovator. Right? Mm-hmm. I want people to see what I'm doing and go, I want to emulate that. And by the time they get ready to emulate, I'm, they're emulating what I was doing yesterday and I'm on to something else. Right? I think we all need to strive to be that train, that, that change because we get so focused on trend that by the time we, cause I think someone said it, um, and funnel hacking. Um, I can't remember who, but they were like, it's kind of like, by the time you start talking about, by the time the masses start talking about sales funnels, we've been on sales funnels since 2010, right? Yep. <laughs> and we're yep. like, uh, you missed that boat, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: It's like creating that blue ocean for yourself. Yeah, Yes. creating
1: that that blue ocean. So Mm. my whole thing is I always want to be that innovator. So something like the target effect, like how you said, it's just living your life and finding the lesson in it and moving forward. But what great brands do is a great book to give you an insight on how to create that signature system. But I just want to remind the audience, when you read that book, remember, it's the cookie cutter and it's your job to find your own strategy within it.
0: That's great. Yeah, I'll definitely link all that up in the show notes for everybody as well. So okay. last question. Um, what is one thing you do every day that helps you stay in action moving towards your mission?
1: Uh, easy peasy. I, you, I, I don't have it right here with me, but even on vacation like I am now, I bring my journal with me. Mm -hmm. I have to, I do a prayer every, I write out a prayer every morning. I write out my gratitude every day. And I say like, you know, and in that prayer, my whole thing is, I just write from the heart. Like how, what can I do the day to hit my goal, right? What do I need to do? And it just helps me keep, stay so focused. Mm
0: -hmm. And of
1: course, like, you know, I have the success mantras and the money mantras and all the I am and affirmations and stuff like that but i don't focus on that so much as i focus on internal within especially the gratitude portion of it i find when you know your desires and you give gratitude daily it opens you up for that abundance and it's just like sometimes you you may be thinking like how am like how am i going to do this how am i going to make this work and if you just stop and go like you know what I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Like, you know what I mean? I'm appreciative of this. Thank you for this. Like I praise this. It's like next thing you know, you you're like, okay, wait a minute, I just signed a six thousand dollar client, right? At seven forty five A.M. Right? Mm-hmm. You're living into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the one thing I have I feel like I have to do every day. It's just like and as anyone can see, and I know everyone like, you know, has different higher powers and things like that. But for me, it's just like just being able One of the things I learned early on is that entrepreneurship is faith-driven, and I was actually someone... Who when I first came into entrepreneurship, I couldn't wrap my mind around the mindset portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is because as a Christian woman, I couldn't really wrap my mind around praying to the universe. That universe thing wasn't getting was it it didn't sit too well with <laughs> who sent Yeah, it was more so why would I pray to the creation when I can pray to the creator? Yeah. And it was actually my pastor who was like, You're looking at it wrong. Look at What you need, he said. Can we really need to look at that as the tool to increase your faith, Mm -hmm. not the faith mission itself? And he was like, "So instead of saying the universe, like you know, say whatever your higher power is. Like you know what I mean? Always make sure you deliver in a way that makes sense to you and to who you are and what you believe in." And that little nugget was the piece that I needed to kind of shift the mindset around working in mindset. Because like I said, I have a Google Drive full of programs. Yeah. I, I was always the person that skipped the mindset. I didn't understand why mindset was a part of everything, right? Like, um, why is this important? do so
0: resonate with that, yeah. Like, I was For like, it. why is this
1: important? Just give me the strategy, right? Just give Yeah, me a we're strategy. doers. <laughs> like, yeah. how's this going to help me? Just give me the strategy. Yeah. But once I had that shift, I was like, wow, entrepreneurship has been the best tool I have ever received to increase my faith. So that's why even when I stand up and I talk I'm I'm always like people are like oh my gosh you find the positivity in everything because I have no time for a negative lifestyle yeah. because when that starts to creep in it destroys everything around you. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely working on that mindset doing my prayer journal, um, giving gratitude, and just one of the other things that I do is, like, sometimes I just randomly reach out to people. Hey, mm-hmm. how are you doing? What's going on today? And they're like, oh, like, you know, I'm fine, because you never know when someone just needs someone to go, how do you feel today? Yeah, I talk yeah. to strangers in the store, like, oh. <laughs> I believe you. I totally. You. Well, Kim,
0: thank you so much. I just want to just take a minute and tell you that you are such a light to this world, and I just appreciate you sharing your journey with us, and and more importantly, sharing your heart because you definitely have that heart of of giving and serving, and and just the positive radiance that you that you thank have. You I so think much. is is contagious. I mean, yeah. I already feel I feel better just connecting with you. <laughs> You've made my day better. And I hope and I know that this interview is going to touch so many lives. And um, I just appreciate your time. And I just want to tell you that you're such an inspiration for all the work that you're doing and the way that you lead your village. And um, just thank you for sharing that all with us. So I would love to. Thank you
1: so much for having me. You know, for you, definitely. But thank you to everyone for listening in. I hope they definitely feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. So share with our audience where they can um, find you online. Um, Well, the best place to always come hang out with me is going to be on Facebook. Duh. (laughs) Right. Um, And I have a Facebook group, a very small intimate community that talks a lot about um, sales funnel strategy, advanced sales funnel strategy. Um, And it's called She Knows Funnels. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Kim McCarter. Um, I welcome people to follow me either on my personal page and or my business page because I'm active on both. Um, and of course, once you get over there, you'll find a ton of stuff that you can participate in. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying, hey, go buy something, but there's like, if you're looking for sales funnel strategy, there's something there that you can dive into. If you're looking for personal brand strategy, there's a mini, a free mini course over there that you can just dive into. And always, especially if you're in my Facebook groups, like, you know, I go live two, three times a week. I do, um, you always want to be active In there, in any Facebook group, because that's how people remember your name. And I do like, you know, I do laser coaching sessions. I just jump on live and laser coach people, and I always think that's the best learning environment. Mm -hmm. So Facebook is definitely a place to be. If you want to visit my personal website, it's kimmcarter.com.
0: Awesome, yeah, and you're a giver, so take advantage of that, (laughs) that big heart. Well, thank you very much again to Kim, and thank you to our audience for listening. And we hope that you. Are um, seeing what it can look like to really change the world one big heart business at a time. So until next time, have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Heart Business Show. If you know someone that could benefit from this information, I would so appreciate it if you shared the love. And make sure to subscribe to this channel and leave a review. One last thing, if you're ready to fuel your big heart business, with a consistent flow of cash and clients. Head on over to CarrieShepherd.com forward slash free get to access a very special video series I created just for you. And don't forget, we are changing the world one big heart business at a time.